1800 customers paying on average seven grand a year. I mean, what that puts you at like 13 million in MR in ARR, something like that. Yeah, exactly. 13 million. Right around. That's amazing. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Daniel Wickberg. He is leading a team called Upsales. I had the privilege to spend some time with him back in Barcelona at Sastry. He put on a great event. Something special is happening at Upsales because they were totally packed. The rooftop was really crowded. Their tool is a niche CRM and sales development tool for SaaS companies, again, called upsales.com. Daniel, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So um, I guess describe one of your customers today and what they're paying you for. Uh, so, I mean, we, we started out as a typical CRM almost 20 years ago. Um, and then we did a pivot a few years ago to start focusing more on, on recurring revenue businesses like ourselves. So today we're targeting uh, SaaS companies and other companies that, that, that has some kind of recurring revenue uh, to help them manage, um, you know, recurring revenue. It, it, it's a CRM with built-in like subscription and ARR analytics and stuff like that. Is it analytics? Those are more like SaaS optics, where it's like RevRec and stuff like that too. Absolutely. So, so it do, it's more like SaaS optics than like bare metrics. Uh, I'm not too familiar with the differences between those, but I mean, we, we do revenue recognition, we do uh, all kinds of ARR and MRR analytics, okay. and we we spend quite a lot of time to 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 you know enable our customers to to manage uh, SaaS-specific uh, KPIs and targets, which is kind of a hassle in most other CRMs. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so so what are what are companies on average paying you per month to use the tool? So our, our customer base is kind of distorted at the moment. So uh, up until around uh, one and a half years ago, we had around 600, 700 customers. Okay. Uh, and then we used to have a partnership with, with another Swedish company who uh, we provided a white label, like smaller version of upsales. And a lot of these very tiny customers migrated to upsales a while back. To So we went from like 600 customers to 1,800 customers almost overnight. So I would say like our typical customers, they are around $15,000 in ARR. Uh, but now if you just average it out, it's around... Uh, Sixty-seven, those six to seven thousand dollars, somewhere around that. Because you added a bunch more lower-paying ones. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what? What you have like eighteen hundred, two thousand customers now today? Yeah, something like that. Okay, eighteen hundred. Um, and then put this on a timeline for me. When did you officially launch the business? Uh, two thousand and three. 2003. And did this come from your own pain point? Were you like a the, the lead SDR, the lead AE at another company, and you just wish you had this thing? No, I mean, the, the story was I, I've been doing uh, programming since I was uh, 13 years old. Uh, and the, the plan was to go to, you know, after high school, go to the university and study engineering. Uh, but I decided to take like a, you know, sabbatical year off uh, and ended up in a sales job. Uh, and I, I realized that, you know, back then, most of the software tools were, were like really poor. Uh, and and uh, most salespeople are not very tech savvy. 
so that's kind of where I got the idea. No, that makes a lot of sense. Now, fast forward to today with 1,800 customers paying on average seven grand a year. I mean, what that puts you at like 13 million in, MR, in ARR, something like that? Yeah, exactly. 13 million. Right around. That's amazing. And what do you guys think you'll... So I guess if you're at 13 million today, where were you exactly a year ago, run rate wise? Uh, okay. So one year ago, we were at uh, 9.8. Uh, so we're growing the ARR at around, you know, between 30 and 35%. Um, yep. And two or three years ago, that number was around 20. So we've kind of had a plan to accelerate the growth and it, it continues to accelerate. So it's, it's exciting times for us. That's very exciting. Do you remember what year you crossed a million dollar run rate? A uh, million dollar run rate. I mean, in MRR? No, in ARR. Oh, one million dollar been- in ARR. It would have been back in like 20, what, like 2009, 10, 11? Yeah, somewhere around that, exactly. Uh, 2010, I would say. So so you, just to be clear, launched in 2003, took seven years to break a million dollar run rate? Yeah. Yeah. See, people never, people always forget this. See, now you're growing great, but like people, people don't forget their early years, right? What, why was it tricky for you in the first seven years? What took you so long to, I mean, I don't say this in a negative way, but what took you so long to break a million dollar run rate? I mean, I think, um, you know, I was 22 years old when I founded the business. So, you know, the, the first years, a lot of the, the stuff we were doing, were just experimenting and, and trying to figure out how to run a business, you know, SaaS or, or any kind of business. Uh, and I think, um, you know, the early days, we, we never raised any capital. So, uh, you know, our first 10 years were like, barely breaking even, you know, struggling to pay the bills every month. Uh, so we used to do a lot of um, customized uh, consulting stuff for our clients. And, and I think that kind of helped us in the short term to survive, but it also kind of slowed down our scalability. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it took us a while to kind of get the guts to, you know, decide what we wanted to focus on. And eventually you did because you raised, I believe, did you do a secondary first or the, did you do the series A in 2019 first? Yeah. So we did a secondary, a pre-IPO, which was around uh, four to $5 million. Um, and, uh, and then in the IPO, we, we raised uh, around $3 million, uh, but we never actually used that money because uh, we had a debt. We did a kind of refinancing a couple of years before. Uh, so it, it's kind of, we, we raised money, but you know, we kind of still always been bootstrapped. Yeah. Well, so I guess, tell me about the secondary in 2018 for $5 million. How does that work? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I had around the uh, 75% ownership back then. And, um, I wanted to, to kind of be a little bit more aggressive and focus a little bit more on growing the business and a little less on, you know, being super profitable every month. So uh, I wanted to to take some cash off the table. Uh, so I sold ten percent in in the in the pre IPO, uh, and I, I had a partner, uh, our former CEO, who was CEO for for almost five years. Um, he he had seven or eight percent. So so the total was like eighteen uh, percent that was sold in the in the pre IPO. Oh, so uh, you used the five million to buy out your co founder with eight percent, and then you took ten percent off the table as well too. No, I mean we both sold shares in in the secondary round uh, in the pre-IPO. I guess my question is though, you said you had seventy five percent. Your other partner had about eight percent. Did your other partner sell all of his equity in that secondary? Yeah, exactly. So you were buying him out effectively. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, exactly. 
Is he still active today? No, he isn't. Okay, yeah. So you're buying, I mean, effectively you're buying him out, cleaning up the, we'll call it cleaning up the cap table. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Now, do you regret anything about that or was that the right move? No, that was absolutely the right move because the story was, you know, I, I, I as I said, like the, the early years are really hard. So in, in 2012, 2012 I, I felt like I needed a break. So that's when, when Johan, the former CEO, he, he became CEO, was the, the CEO for five years. And, you know, the plan back then was to sell the business, but um, th- that didn't really happen. And, and uh, you know, I started to kind of uh, rediscover my, my motivation for the business. Um, and, and then uh, after a few years, you know, being the backseat driver is really hard when you founded, founded the business. So I decided to, you know, I, I want to I push more for growth and be more aggressive, but I, I don't want to be in the backseat anymore. So... Yep, yeah, we're yep. very happy with, with that decision. No, that makes sense. And it sounds like if you guys sold together about 20%, 18% for 5 million bucks, that valuation on that secondary was somewhere around 25 million bucks, right? Yeah, a little higher uh, even. And then when you went public, that was at a $36 million valuation, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it, I mean, today it would translate into like 34 because of the dollar, the dollar rate, but, but yeah, something like that. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. And why IPO? I mean, how much revenue did you have back in 2019? Uh, so yeah, 2019, we had, uh, I think, uh, five and a half, six million dollars in revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the story about that, we had, a, we had a plenty of discussions with uh, a couple of private equity firms and, and, uh, and, you know, other players, but all of them, you know, the, the valuation was okay. And, and, uh, we felt that some of them could, could really contribute to the business, but, I think I would have felt kind of, um, you know, working with my hands tied behind my back. Um, so going public and, you know, I'm still the majority shareholder uh, turned out to be like the, the easiest way to continue running the business the way I want to do it. Uh, so, so, yeah, it was, um, we're very happy with that decision. Oh, this makes tons of sense. Um, and which stock exchange did you IPO on? Uh, so Nasdaq in in Sweden has this uh, one of the, the kind of smaller Nasdaq list. It's, it's called First North. First North, guys. There you have it. First North. And and Daniel, how many folks are full time on the team today? Uh, we're around eighty people today. Eight zero. How many engineers? Uh, so the product team is a total of uh, thirty people. Uh, not all of them are engineers. You know, we have a couple of like product owners and designers and so on. But but uh, the product team is around thirty people. 
Mm-hmm. Now, this is great. So, so when you obviously you're an up sales, right? So you, your own sales should look really, I mean, the system should be very tight, right? So when you look at net dollar retention, what's your target? What is it today? Yeah, so I mean, our, our target is to go to somewhere around uh, 140 and, uh, or 150. Uh, I think we are today at around 115, 120, somewhere around that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're growing. Uh, I mean, it used to be like 50-50 of, of the new ARR, net new ARR came from, from new customers and expansion. Uh, now, because of all the, the kind of um, the smaller customers we inherited, uh, a while back, now it's around 60-70% comes from expansions. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and we've also been working hard the last few years to, to try and bring churn down, which is also, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's easier to grow when, when the churn is coming down. What, what is gross churn annually? Uh, yeah, we, we're listed. So that's one of the KPIs we, we don't report. Uh, uh, okay. Fair enough. No worries. But but you can take your gross plus your expansion to get to the 120 net, 115, 120 net. Yes. I mean, when we did the IPO, the, the churn was around 11 or 12. Um, and and it's it's been decreasing like every quarter since, the, since, since then. And I mean, target, we believe we can go as low as maybe four or five percent uh, gross churn. So over time. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, that's great. Where's most of the, um, where's most of the gro- as we sort of wrap up here, where's most of the growth coming today, right? You inherited a bunch of customers, but how are you adding new customers today? Um, yeah, so we do a lot of, I mean, we, we have two teams. We have the expansion team and, and the new sales team. So dedicated for, for bringing in new customers. Uh, and we launched a, um, a UK ex- expansion uh, like uh, 12, 14 months ago. Uh, so now we're adding like maybe 20, 25 customers every month in, in Sweden and in the UK. Um, and we, we really try to, I mean, we've had this kind of very deliberate land and expand strategy uh, the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, dro- we don't try to kind of, we almost try to kind of decrease the deal size when the customer joins us because it, it makes everything easier and it decreases the risk for the customer as well. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, we just tr- try to add as many customers as we can, uh, and then grow them over time. How many folks are full-time on your expansion team today? Uh, so expansion with a quota, I think we're 12 or 13, 13, uh, we have like seven or eight in, in the new sales team. Okay. Seven or eight. Interesting. Very cool. I know you took a bunch of numbers ahead of this just to prepare any numbers you want to make sure we chat about that I haven't asked about. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're very proud of, you know, growing revenues, uh, 35% per year with like, uh, 25, 30% free cash flow margin. Uh, so that, that's a number. That's impressive. 25% free cash. So you're making like to the bottom line about a quarter million dollars a month. Uh, yeah, exactly. Somewhere around that. Yeah. Wow. And so, so, and you're growing. So your rule of 40 is effectively like 20 plus 20 or, I mean, you're basically right at rule of 40. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, we're one of those weird, fast-growing tech companies who also pays a dividend. Uh, wow. So, yeah. What is the, what's the market have you valued at today? What's your market cap? Uh, it's around uh, $120 million. Is that cheap? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, uh, it used to be $200 in, in January before everything blew up, but... Uh, I mean, I think uh, we're we're net cash. We don't have any debt, so I think uh, 
enterprise value uh, ARR multiple is around 7.5 or 8, which is which is lower than than a lot of our peers, I would say. Yeah. Um, yep. So, but we we're, we're still, you know, mark stock market wise, a small company. So um, yeah, hopefully it's gonna get bigger. All right, we'll see what happens, Daniel. In the meantime, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, I would say hard thing about hard things. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, yeah, I really like um, uh, the Netflix CEO, his book. Uh, you know, they get a ton of shit now, but uh, yeah, I, I like his thinkings. Reed Hastings, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building up sales? Uh, we're using a LinkedIn bot. It's called Wallaxy. It's a really small French company, but it's it's an awesome tool. Spell it. It's a W A A L A X Y. Wallaxy. I've never heard of them. LinkedIn tool. LinkedIn okay, great. Tool. It's it's crazy effective. Okay, number four. Well, sorry. I guess what makes it so effective? I mean, it it uses my LinkedIn account to connect with uh, you know you 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 pull up a list of companies you want to reach. So you upload like these are the two thousand companies we want to we want to talk to, and then it uses my LinkedIn account to connect with the CEOs of of, of those companies. Uh, so it's kind of a way to you know make make me scalable, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, very cool. Uh, number uh, three, how many hours? Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Uh, I try to get uh, at least seven. Okay, and what's your situation? Married, single, kids? Married, three kids, uh, and lots of hobbies. A very busy guy. Uh, how many? Uh, how old are you? Uh, Forty-one. Forty-one. Last question, Daniel. Something you wish you knew when you were twenty. I'm sorry. Something you wish you knew back when you were twenty years old. Uh, yeah, I wish I knew that um, most of the business decisions you make, uh, you always have a lagging effect. Uh, so you need to make the decision and then you need to wait. Um, took me a long time to realize that. <laughs> Instant gratification is not a thing in business. Guys, upsales.com launched almost 20 years ago in 2003. It took them seven years to break a million bucks in revenue. The slog is real, but now they've just broken 13 million bucks in revenue, growing 30% year over year. They're listed publicly on a small stock exchange in Sweden. And what's beautiful is they're paying out a dividend. They take about $250,000 a month to the bottom line in profits, right? On 1.1 million bucks of MRR. They're serving 1,800 customers and, you know, adding 100, you know, call it 100 per month as they continue to grow with their team of about 80 folks. Daniel, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks a lot.